Hello and welcome to Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast that explores the idea of imposter syndrome. My name is Bianca Woolwick. I'm your host and I'll be interviewing my friends and people that inspire me to figure out if we all have it figured out or what the key to success is. Before we begin, I want to talk about something that's making me extremely happy. So there is a local plant aficionado in Portland. She owns Little Roots Portland. Um, And a friend of mine sent me her information and I ordered a make your own terrarium kit for her. And I paid $25 for the kit and $12 for shipping. And I shipped one to my sister as well. And I really loved it. So I'm going to pop that information in the description and you should all go support her because I think that's a fantastic way to pass time during COVID. My guest today is Lindsay Nahara Henville, a longtime friend of mine and someone that has a unique perspective to bring to the conversation. Let's jump into it. Hey, how are you doing? I am doing well. How are you? Oh, you know, living the dream within my four walls. Yes, aren't we all? So um, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Please Don't Kick Me Out. It is a podcast about imposter syndrome. And the voice you're hearing on the other end is a dear friend of mine, um, someone that I've known a long time, Lindsay Nahara Henthal. Um, do you want to open it up and give your elevator pitch? Sure. Um, I'm Lindsay. I'm 30 years old. Um, I'm currently an executive assistant um, to a CFO of a book distribution company. Um, I've done a lot of things in a bunch of different industries, um, but yeah, that's that's my my little elevator pitch, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and that takes me right into how I know you, um, middle school. Oh, it was a rough time. And we went to high school together, and then we just couldn't get rid of one another. We nope. both went to college together. We did. <laughs> um, yeah, so she and I are both from uh, this tiny little town in Colorado between Longmont and Boulder off of the 119 called Niwot. Um, although I was like, I would say I was from Niwot. I'm actually, my parents lived in Longmont. <laughs> which, which is <laughs> funny, like, if you know, like, yeah, my, sis, my sister would do the opposite and she'd say she was from Boulder, but. Yeah, it's way cooler to be from Boulder. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I mean, at this point, like now that I'm here in San Diego, people don't uh, they don't know what I'm talking about because they they're like, oh well, 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 how would I relate? I go, I don't know. Never mind. Um, So, uh, where in the world are you right now? I am living in uh, Austin, Texas, which is very far. Yeah, I'm love it here. I love Austin. I haven't been in a long time. I had. uh, Really good breakfast tacos there once. Oh, yeah. They're definitely, you know, coming from Colorado, that's like not a food that we have. And so I totally didn't understand it initially, mm-hmm. um, but I'm converted now 100%. Yeah, yeah definitely. I, if you ever get the chance to come out here for the Mexican food, though, it'll blow your mind. Ooh, yes. That sounds awesome. So, um, so like kind of like how I, I mentioned, like she and I went to school together. We've known each other a long time. I mean, we we're in a, we we're in a Girl Scout troop together. We, uh, we were both on high school newspaper. We were like co-editors because 
I think that the teacher felt bad and just said, if you've been on the paper for one year, then you're all an editor. Yep. Yeah. So she didn't have to choose. (laughs) Yeah. Scooter really just, uh, he threw us in and I don't know, I don't know how well that went, but you know, we did our best. We did. So we took art class together. We both had a, a very interesting Dutch art professor and um, went both going to the same college kind of can commiserate, co-commiserate together. Um, but after college, I mean, you know, we kind of went our separate ways as, as it happens. And uh, I think we're both doing pretty well now. So it's, it's good to kind of catch up. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So when I mentioned this podcast, actually, I invited you to the podcast page and immediately you were on board. You wanted to, um, you wanted to be a guest and I was really excited about it. Cause I, I, I'm curious, you know, like what you had been up to. It's been a while. So, um, do you feel like you have it all figured out, um, <laughs> when it comes to life right now? Um, you know, that's a hard question because I think we all are trying to figure out what is figured out look like. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what I've had to kind of come to terms with is that I may not even know what, what figured out looks mm-hmm. like. And so I just want to be in a good place where I'm kind of coasting. <laughs> um, so that's where I kind of feel like I'm at is um, I'm coasting. Um, but I feel like that really only happened in like the last few years where I figured out that, you know, this, that I need to be in a comfortable place and that um, it doesn't necessarily mean that I've reached the peak of whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I totally feel that. I feel like there was a, I don't know if you felt this kind of after graduating college, finally like getting a job and realizing like, this is all that there is in life. Like yeah, you go, you get your, I found it very depressing, uh, honestly. Um, and I found myself having a hard time with it. But now I, I feel like I've got my groove. I feel like, you know, while maybe some things I'm not successful in, I do know there's things that I am like my marriage and, you know, being homeowners has been quite nice. And, um, and, and, and then like being a good friend, like that's where my successes I feel are. And, um, not necessarily like my career is kind of, you know, being in marketing, it's, it can be kind of, um, it can, can be kind of tough. It's a tough market, but, uh, overall, I think like me being a good person makes me successful. So I kind of can see your point and understand you. I definitely agree with that. I, for me, it kind of was the opposite. Like t- getting my career figured out happened pretty quickly. I didn't graduate um, and I never went back to finish a degree. So I came out of dropping out of college into a job in customer service and like the utility gas industry, which was not what I wanted to do. I had been a photography major, so that was not where I thought I was going to be. And I ended up staying in that industry for 10 years and becoming, going from starting as a customer service rep to like becoming a customer service manager. Um, And so it's, you know, for me to kind of go, wow, I really like didn't have myself figured out in terms of who I wanted to be as a person, but I figured out a career really quickly and I stuck with it and I moved up. But I feel like me kind of coming around in like the social aspect and, and being a good friend and, and being a good, you know, like wife to my husband and things like that, that I feel like came a little later. Like I put my career first, um, which I don't necessarily feel like was the right thing all the time because I, I feel like I sacrificed some relationships to focus on that. 
Yeah, that's really interesting that you say that. And I, I think as women, we have to um, pick what we want, right? Yeah. You're either the career person or you're the family person, but you can't have both. And, and right. I hate that that's like the notion. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I can definitely see that. Um, so I guess like you told me you felt like you really identify with imposter syndrome. So I guess like what does imposter syndrome kind of mean to you? Like in your life, how is it affecting you? Yeah, well, I, I found out about imposter syndrome around two years ago. I was, had kind of just started, um, training to become a manager and, uh, one of my employees had happened to be a friend of mine for a long time. Right. And, um, she, I had talked to her and I really, I, I've had ADHD. I was diagnosed uh, with ADD, I guess now is the more correct term, um, when I was five. And so it's something that I've dealt with my whole life. I never, some people, you know, grow out of it or the, mm -hmm. the symptoms lessen as they age. That didn't happen for me. It's still something that significantly affects me. And I had noticed some of the traits that I had in her and I encouraged her to go, um, she was really struggling and I encouraged her to go see a doctor and just talk about her struggles. But one of the, I was looking up some articles to send to her and I came across an article that was about imposter syndrome. Um, and I think the headline of it was like, do you feel like a fraud? And I was like, are you in my life? <laughs> like, are you spying on me? <laughs> because I never knew how to put how I felt into words until I read an article that explained what imposter syndrome was, which was that I feel always like everyone is just a few steps behind finding out that I'm failing. Um, even when I'm doing well, when I catch up, it's not really that, oh, I'm like caught up and I'm doing a good job. It's like, oh, I've caught up. So I'm a little bit further ahead now before I fall back and eventually get fired. <laughs> That's always in my mind, even though I've never been fired from a job. So. <laughs> I think that's kind of really what imposter syndrome is, this fear of constantly of something happening that's never happened, but you're really stuck on that that's what it is. Right. It makes sense a lot too. Um, it, it's like for me, it, it's always, and I don't know if it's like more of a, a woman thing, or I don't know if it's more of a woman thing because you're constantly having to prove yourself over and over and over again. Um, but I also find that, you know, the men that identify with it, um, like my husband, for instance, you know, he actually, as a kid, was diagnosed with ADHD um, and ADD, and, and then he was on Ritalin for a number of years, and then to join the Navy, he stopped being on that cold turkey so that he could join, and then he hid that from everyone. He thought, you know, I'm, I'm fine, and it's fine, and I'll be fine, and um Last year, he actually needed to get prescribed something. Finally, he like went and talked to someone because he was just not able to handle his tasks and his workload. Um, and and I know that like that has been a huge. It's like ever since he's gone on a medication, he's on a one that doesn't have the additives in it, so he can be in the navy still. But ever since he's been on that medication, it's like I got my husband back, mm -hmm. and like the person I fell in love with. And it's just interesting that like that's something that you're kind of finding now as well. Like that it's, it's, it's weird. It's like, it's just an interesting kind of take on it that I hadn't even thought of. Um, and I like definitely can like empathize and it's interesting to kind of, you know, hear where you're coming from. 
Um, and I guess like, are you in a, like currently in a heavily male dominated field or is it more? So I'm not now previously, I mean, in like the oil and gas and utility, um, you know, field, there is, it is heavily male dominated, especially here in Texas, where it's a lot of times very much like a good old boy system. Um, I, at some point had been trying to get a job at, um, at the government agency that like dictates all of that. Um, Cause I really wanted to work there and I applied 14 times and could not get an interview, even for their lowest position that I was heavily overqualified for they would not call me. They only called me after they hired somebody that I knew who wasn't qualified at all, but he knew someone there and he asked them to interview me. That's what it took for me to get an interview. Um, and that to me was just wild. Um, you know, but in my current job, um, I mean, the executive assistant is a lot more female, uh, you know, women that are doing that job. Um, and that I really just went into trying to to look for a change. Yeah, and it sounds like I mean you've always loved reading, and from what I yeah. remember, so it sounds like you're kind of doing something a little more aligned with your passions now. Well, I think I'm doing something that's very much so aligned with my skills. I mean, something that your your husband probably you know understands as someone with ADD. Um, we're very like driven by the things that interest us. So if you give me three projects and one of them is very interesting um, and one of them is not interesting, it's just very repetitive, but I could get it done fast. Like the logical thing would be like, oh, get that fast, get the one that's gonna be fast done first. No, I won't touch that. I won't touch it till the last minute <clears throat> because it doesn't interest me. <laughs> So um, I really am good at what I do now. I feel, um, for the most part, <laughs> there are definitely days where I feel like I have no idea what I'm doing, but this really serves to that, um, you know, my strengths of like, I really like researching and I really like learning new things. And this job is pretty much exclusively learning new things all the time. Um, so, but there's also times where I'm just like, I have zero executive assistant. I have no idea what I'm doing. Am I supposed right. to, am I supposed to know what my boss's like birthday is? Because I don't. And I like, it was his birthday one day and someone said it. And I was like, I'm the executive assistant of the CFO. Like, how do I not know what day his birthday is? Yeah. That's just, yeah. it's, it's interesting. And it's, it's funny because I, I don't think like any, like when you go to college or you, or, or even so like, um, whatever you're doing in life, like there's no handbook for like what you, like whatever job you take, like you might take the classes for it if you go to college or you might just be thrown into it. Sounds like for you. Um, and you kind of, you, you had those existing skill sets, but then it had to kind of, you had to kind of build on them and reach from them. And so like you, you, you know, you're probably like, I always think of myself as like a jack of all trades, a uh, master of few, <laughs> Yeah, but I, but I can figure it out. Um, if I, if I, if I try hard enough, usually, um, yeah, yeah. Well, and actually what that makes me think of, um, one of the things that I was thinking about is like, I've always kind of been accused of being like a know-it-all. Um, and I really, when I like first found out about imposter syndrome, I was trying to like figure out like, 
I know I feel terrible about myself and like, but people seem to always say I'm a know-it-all. And the more I thought about it, the more I realized that I um, go above and beyond to learn things and learn additional things and bolster my skills because I am afraid that I'm not enough. So it's like, I'm constantly doing this thing of like, oh, I can't just like, I can't just prove my point. Like I'm going to cite like you know, documents when I'm proving things to people over text messages. Like I just always end up going that extra level because I'm afraid that my word is not enough. Right. Um, or that I need this extra skill, be- not because like I'm of the competition of the job, but like I need this extra skill because I am not going to be enough for it. I have to have value above and beyond being myself. Makes total sense. And it's got to be like really difficult, but it's, it's definitely something that even so, like I, I struggle with that too. And I wish I could find a way to kind of, I I guess, you know, it goes back to like, when I asked you, like, are you in a male dominated field? And the reason why I ask that is because I, I often feel like not to go down this rabbit hole, but you know, if you're a man, it's easier to ask for what you're worth. Oh, absolutely. There's no question on it. And I found that in my career, I have to like, I, I say, I say what I need. I, I say what I need in the night and then I go, but you know, if not, then this is fine. It's okay. Yeah, it's fine. And, if not, and I it's, totally understand. Yeah. And, um, and I am trying really hard to train myself to get out of that mindset. It's not easy, but when you finally find your value in your voice, it, it makes things it makes things click a little bit, but it does feel very like isolating and lonely. Oh yeah. Well, and I think too, you know, when I was a manager and I would be hiring for like entry level customer service type Mm -hmm. jobs, um, it was really interesting to me and I would get really frustrated, um, that women would come in with like really solid resumes, like long job history, like real experience that would be really applicable to what I was hiring for. And they would be asking for $14 an hour. And then a man would come in um, who had much less, you know, um, job history that would be relatable, uh, you know, maybe had less time in the industry and they would ask for two or $3 an hour more um, consistently. Uh, men were asking for, you know, a dollar to two dollars more an hour than women that had twice the applicable, you know, experience. And that always boggled my mind. And I would always ask people like, what do you, what is your pay expectations? And sometimes people will go, I'm not really sure, you know, especially men always knew, they knew immediately, they knew walking in that door what they were going to ask for. Women were always afraid. And they would always, you know, kind of, oh, I'm not sure. And I would always say, tell me what you think your work is worth, because I like, I need to know what you think that your value is um, reasonably. And, and that just women aren't sure. Yeah, that's a hundred percent true. And it's interesting because whenever I'm asked, like, what's your minimum salary? I always go a couple thousand over what I, what I would a couple of thousand under what I'd ideally like to be making. Yes. Same here. And then I say, well, that's my minimum. And then I'm like, oh shoot, I could have said more. Yeah. Like no one would have known. Yeah. And it's just, it's weird. Yeah, it really is. And, and it's definitely like a mindset that we get, that we have in there in the back of our heads that it's like, oh, don't ask too much, you know? Yeah. 
It's, it's just wild. I, it's, it's a weird world. And I think like that's what plays into imposter syndrome. It's not just being a woman. And I, I never want this podcast to sound like, oh, well, what was me? Like we're women, but more so just the more we talk about this feeling of, I don't belong, I'm not qualified to be here. I'm not making what I'm worth, but I just have to deal with it. The less likely things are going to change for us. And um, in recognizing imposter syndrome and recognizing our power, I think we we can change the conversation. And that's kind of my goal. If I can change one life, then I've changed, you know, to me, I I feel like I've won. So um, it's interesting that like, even like I've had similar things where I've been hiring and I ask them what they want or I've been interviewing and they ask me and it's just bizarre. And it's funny because this is resoundingly the same across the board for every woman that I've talked to about this. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's go on to like, what does, um, what does success look like to you and, uh, how, like, do you feel successful currently? Yeah. Um, so I guess success to me has always really been more of a, like a feeling than a, like, you know, hard level of, oh, I know when I'm making this and I live here that I'm successful. Um, to me, success has always really been about that I feel that I am like the best at what I do. Um, in my previous position, um, I really felt like I had been in this industry for 10 years. I knew a lot. I knew a lot more than other people that I worked with, um, you know, that had been there similar amounts of time. But um, just because I had been in more positions in different parts than they had, which they knew more about what they were doing. But I really felt successful in that job because I was like, okay, I really feel like I know everything I need to know. Mm-hmm. Um, which is an, it's interesting to think about that because it was never about how much money I was making or, you know, it really was about this feeling of fe- of feeling like I had value. And that's something that I really is resounding for me in my life is I always had to feel like I had enough value that I would be too valuable for someone to lose or to fire or to, you know, move on from, I had to always prove my value. Um, and I think for me now, um, knowing that I lived like that for so long, for me, feeling successful is feeling like my value isn't as important as my happiness. Um, because if I suck myself into constantly needing to create value for myself, I stop being happy because all I'm thinking about is where I'm failing. Um, so, you know, I don't know if I feel completely successful. I think that there, you know, every day can be a little bit different. Um, but I'm definitely in a better place with feeling successful than I think I have been. That's great to hear. Did you feel like a shift towards your like late twenties and that's kind of when it started? Oh yeah, definitely. I would, I would say around like 28. (laughs) Yeah. Same for me. It it, it was like, it was almost like overnight. I had this like snap click Yeah. and, and then I was like, uh, take me or leave me. This is who I am. And I've done this for however many years and I, I know what I'm talking about and I want, I want your trust in my opinion. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, despite like being laid off recently in my most recent position, um, I did feel valued. Um, Mm -hmm. I felt valued up until I didn't feel valued when I got laid off. Yeah. Um, But either way, I agree with you that um, 
I don't know if you're like this, but with, with me, like when my job is going good, I'm so happy. Like, like when it's going good and I feel like it's clicking and I feel like everything's going great in my career, um, I feel incredibly happy. But then like when something kind of derails that, I get so stressed out. Like, Oh yeah, it, for it sure. It takes me off course. And then suddenly I'm like, and suddenly I'm like, okay, well, do I start looking for other jobs or like, what do I do? You know? And I've tried to really um, like train myself to just kind of like stick it out and be okay. And, and, you know, continue to like fight for my value. But I agree, like as women, we're constantly trying to prove over and yeah. over and over again, I'm, I'm valid. I have a skill set. I need to be here. Cause so often in marketing, I found that men hold management positions that shouldn't mm-hmm. and they have no managerial skill set. And then, you know, and you're expected to like follow them and they're not truly leaders. And so it's been an interesting career to say the least. Yeah. Well, and it's, I've, you know, I've, I've kind of followed along with where you've been going and I think it's really cool the progress that you've made. Um, and, and I, I definitely agree that it's like after some time, if you're in the same industry for long enough, you're, even though it's like, I think both me and you, um, and it's a podcast that they're not seeing us. We both kind of have had baby faces like mm-hmm. for a long time. Like I, I, I wear like winged eyeliner all the time because I feel like it makes me look older <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not 12. Um, so I think that sometimes when, and maybe this is also just a general, like a thing with women that I always feel like I'm being looked at as like the young woman who doesn't know what she's talking about. And so I do feel like I have to come in and like overprove. I do know what I'm talking about. I have been here and I have done this before. So you do need to trust me. So I can absolutely relate to that. Yeah. Oh gosh. And it's, it's interesting. It's just, and I followed along, you know, as much as I can with a lot of people we went to high school with, but um, I always knew that you were going to do something cool no matter what it is. And I, like, I've always admired that you've had creative outlets, like our entire growing up together. <laughs> always, you know, and I've always just admired that about you. Um, and I think it's like really rad to kind of see where you're at now. And I'm so happy you found your person. Like I found mine. So it's like good to see like, though, like for me, like those things to me feel successful because I'm a very love driven person. And yeah. I kept thinking like, if I find the right relationship, then like everything will fall in its place. <laughs> and that is not true yeah. um, because love shows up for you when you show up for yourself. I found that's very true. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah, and, I, I absolutely yeah. agree with that. And, and it wasn't until I was like, I'm miserable at this job. Like I need to quit. And then was like, I shouldn't be dating. Now, that's when I met my, my husband. So yeah, no, I, I was definitely in the same place when I met my husband of this place of like, you know, like boys kind of suck and I'm a little bit over the games and, um, and I happened to meet my husband because we're both very into cars, which is my creative outlet now um, is modifying cars. And, um, he at the time owned a wholesale aftermarket parts business. And I was essentially trying to get free parts. I was trying to get him to sponsor me. Um, and I started off our conversation very rudely. So I'm surprised that we've gotten to where we are. Um, so it it really started out as a, a friendship, um, and it is, it is really cool how it's like when you start going, you know what, I'm okay with me that it's like, then that right person comes along. Right. 
Absolutely. And it's, you know, it's funny is that, um, you, you know how you're saying like, oh, I, I didn't want to like do the dating thing any longer. Like I was kind of done with the rat race. Similar thing. I went on a date the night before I met my husband. I went on a date that broke me, like truly <laughs> broke me. Like this man like took my like Fitbit off my watch, like off my wrist and like tried to take my phone from me. I told him like I didn't have, cause, cause I had a friend that was like actually legitimately going through a crisis. Like her dog had to be put down. Oh no. And so like the, and I had a Fitbit and the texts were going through my watch and it was just like a really sad situation. And I'm like trying to, you know, like navigate that. He's like, are you here on this date? So we met up on, we met up for drinks. I had a passport. So we did two for one drinks. And, um, and so I, and I paid for the first one cause it was my idea. Right. And then he's sitting there telling me about like, Oh, you know, I work at this company and like, and like, I make this much amount of money, which was like, not very much. It was like what I was making. Yeah. My job. And, but, but at the same time, it was enough to like live an okay life. And he's telling me the saga of like this girl that he like works with that he like dates and then stops dating dates and then stops dating. And I'm like, cool, whatever. And, and then, um, he's like, well, are you hungry? Like dinner's on me. Like, he's like, do you want to go to this place? So we went to this place. It's like a really incredible restaurant in Denver. It's called working class. If you ever go to Denver, please go there get the mass tax salad. It is to die for. And, um, it's like a small plates kind of, you share them together uh, like it's kind of a la carte and, um, he orders like the entire menu. And then after me telling him like, Hey, like I quit, like I, I told him, I was like, I really can't like afford to like, you know, be doing like a dinner or anything like that. I even told him that before going on the date. Cause I was like, I can do drinks, but that's it. Like I, I, I am a person that I could, I could have afforded it. Like, but I was, about, yeah. you know, I'm a, I was going to be unemployed and and not that I expect men to pay for anything on the date, but he, he like basically said like, Oh, it's on me. And then he ordered like a hundred dollars worth of stuff. And then we ha- he asked me to go Dutch on it. Yeah. Which I'm fine doing, but it was the, the principle of the matter. Right. And yeah. then, and then like with the whole tip, try and take my phone thing, which I, I, I know to my listeners, like that sounds very rude that I was like in, I was like, you know, in kind of, like in the conversation, I should have probably excused myself, but I did tell him what was going on and he like didn't seem to believe me, which to be fair, I mean, there's a lot of bad dates out there. He probably assumed I was leaving. Yeah. Um, so anyway, after that, he's like, do you want to get, so that after that, I'm like, oh my God, can the bill come fast enough? So I just <laughs> walk out of here. And so afterwards he like comes out, like we're outside. He like goes in for a kiss and I go, no. I go, what about this entire experience has said this has been enjoyable for me? <laughs> what sign told you this? I was this because, was the and, next yeah. And then, and then he was like, oh, I'd like love to see you again. And I was like, that's never happening. And then, <laughs> and then I'm like, I'm, I'm like, I'm sorry. I was like, you're a nice guy. And I hope you found the right person. I was like, or you can just date that girl that you've like continued to off and on date forever. I was like, but yeah, it, it ain't me. Like, to bring a better date. It ain't me. He wasn't even yeah. cute. Yeah. I had, the, I had the jackpot with my little, my little Pierce Brosnan looking honey. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just so glad like to see you with someone that makes you happy that really, you know, it, it's so funny how it's like we go along dating the people that we think are the right people. And then that person comes along mm-hmm. that you're just kind of like, I don't know, like, are, are you, are you it? Like, why? Like you just click immediately. Yeah, for and me, it just immediately. Is, yeah. Yeah. And it just was so funny. Like my husband was, um, like he lived in Florida at the time. Mm -hmm. And so we, 
like when I met him, I was like, wow, like I really, this guy's like really cool. Like we were talking like every day. Um, and it just normally for me, like if I had met somebody online, you know, in this day of online dating, um, and they lived in another state and they said that they would like to come visit like within the first month of talking to them, mm-hmm. I would have been like, okay, stalker, crazy person. Don't come <laughs> see me. Um, d- like, no. And he, I was so excited and that had like never happened to me where I was like that excited to meet somebody that yeah. I you know, had met online. Um, you know, not that I meet random strangers from online that often, but I did, it is something that I've done in the past where I, oh, you know, same I, girl. I had a, yeah, I had a, well, I had a, a an all girl car crew, um, at some point and I used to, we would do these annual meets and we would have people driving from like, you know, Florida and Arkansas and Colorado and like people that I had never met before. And I'm just like, here's my address. You're going to stay at my house. Um, <laughs> and, but you know, it's like, I made a lot of good relationships that way, but it is just really cool how it's like when you meet your person, like it, it's not, I can't explain it. And I'm sure you feel the same where it's like, I can't tell you how it felt, but I can tell you that you'll know. Right. Yeah. And I think like, that's kind of, cause we're, we both have felt it. We both met the person, right? Yeah. So if you're listening and you're searching for that special someone, I, we, I think we can give you two pieces of advice. One, it's probably not the, it's probably the person you least expected that you would ever end up with. Yep. Two, if everything you've done to protect yourself, you go against just to meet that person. Like for example, me gave him my address, which I would never do and let him pick me up. Yeah. I was like, well, if I die, I die. Like, <laughs> um, yep. and, and three, I mean, I, I'm sure your person is similar to mine. My husband, like he thinks the sun shines out my ass truly. And I've never met a bigger fan of me nor I to him. Like I'm his cheerleader. I'm his confidant. Um, but, uh, we just like, we work well together. And, and even though he's in the military and he's gone a lot and that makes our, and I, I, that makes our, you know, our lives a little bit harder than most. I've never felt closer to him, even though it is a pandemic, even though mm-hmm. he's not here right now. Yeah. Um, because, because it made us kind of reevaluate what's important in our relationship and in our marriage. Oh yeah. I mean, me and John, like the first 10 months of our relationship, we lived in different States. Right. Um, and that really, to me also told me that, that this was something that was supposed to happen because it never, there was no point during that 10 months where we were like, man, it's just not worth it. <laughs> it was like, there was no part of it that was ever like, man, I don't know. Like, we don't really know if you're going to move here. We don't, right. you, you know, nothing is, seems to be telling us that this is going to happen. Um, and it was never like, maybe this isn't, maybe we shouldn't stick it out. It was just like, well, obviously it's going to, we'll figure it out at some point. It doesn't matter if it takes six months or three years, like we'll figure it out. Right. Um, but it, it definitely like my husband will say things to me sometimes. Like I, um, I got hit really hard in the face by my Rottweiler. It's a really long story. Um, she gave me a concussion and I had the biggest like fist size bruise on my face. Um, and I woke up one day and it was like the most disgusting, like mottled green, like highlighter yellow. And I felt like in that moment, I felt super self-conscious and I was like crying. And my husband was like, what's wrong? And I was like, I feel ugly. And he goes, I wouldn't have married an ugly wife. And I was like, oh, Oh, thank thank you. (laughs) I mean, Uh, shallow, but thanks. (laughs) 
I, you know, and I think that that is something that I, I, I want for my friends so desperately and so badly yes. that like when they finally find like the, the good person and like everyone's journey is different and some people like don't yeah. want to get married and some people do. And, you know, some people just want to like be alone and like everyone's path is different, but right. for my, for my, you know, for the romantics out there that are like, when is it going to happen for me? I can't tell you when I can just tell mm-hmm. you how. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, my other advice would be just be open to the universe because, um, the universe knows what's best for you. Like, I mean, that's kind of kooky and bouldery sounding because we're from Colorado where it's very, <laughs> like Naropa, but it's true. I think, I think, you know, the more, the more open you are as a person to like new experiences and new opportunities, the more likely you're going to find the right person. Um, and never, ever stay with someone that makes you feel bad about yourself in any way. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's also been a big lesson for me is like, I already don't think enough of myself and I really don't need you telling me anything additional on top of that. Yeah. And, and that's like, so it's been a big thing. I'm like, I'm, you know, working on and working through is like, I'm, I'm grappling with the idea of maybe going to therapy, um, to just kind of deal with some like traumas that I've had in my past and but then there's also a level of like, well, I'm a strong woman. Like I, maybe I don't need it. And I don't really want to have to like find the perfect therapist. And then will they be in my network? And what if it costs a lot of money? And what if it's not helpful? And it's like, my brain just like goes in all these directions where I'm like, okay, I'm even applying imposter syndrome and the way I feel about therapy into something that could, might be able to help me. I'm already negative about it before I'm thinking positively about it. So oh, it's, yeah. it's, it's just interesting kind of how our brains think. Yeah. Well, and it's funny because I was kind of explaining imposter syndrome to my husband the other day. And I think he, he was kind of like, well, like, give me an example of how that affects you. And I was like, it affects us. It affects me in our marriage. I have this always thought in the back of my head that it's like, it's just time before he finds out I'm not a good wife. And then he's going to divorce me because I don't know how to load the dishwasher. And it's just like, and he's like, what? We've been, yeah. We've been together for seven years. I mean, right. I'm pretty sure if, if I had some massive flaw that was going to change his mind, he would, <laughs> he would know about it by now. Um, but it, it's this, yeah, it's, it happens in, in my marriage that it's this sense of this constant feeling of like, I'm like not a good enough wife because I always am like, he handles all of our bills. Like I was mm-hmm. telling him last night, I said, if you were to pass away. I don't even know who holds our mortgage. I don't know what cars have loans on them still or how to find those. And he's like, don't worry. I created a folder on the browser and it's bills and all the passwords are saved. I was like, okay. My <laughs> I'm glad a, you're yeah, Scott's, done, Scott's done something similar. Um, so he has like a desktop computer that's like logged into everything. And he's like, here's the websites, here's the passwords. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting because uh, I feel similarly, and it's not that I can't do it. It's just that like he he does it, so and he does it, it makes so me well. sound like fifties housewife. But oh, I yeah. I am in charge of my own finances. Like I know how yeah. to like. There's certain things that I pay for. There's certain things he pays for. But he right. he's on the you know he makes more than I do, of course. So um, you know, like I let him deal with the mortgage stuff, and then you know I I, I don't really worry about it that much. But I agree, like he's gone, he's been gone for a bit and he was gone. And the, these fasteners for these drawers that we were working on came and he was like, well, you could install them yourselves. And I was like, Ooh, that involves a power drill. <laughs> Hard pass. Hard pass. Like I, not that yeah. I like can't do it, but I was like, ah, like, I don't want to fuck it up. <laughs> you yeah, know, like exactly. I don't want to make it, I don't want to make it weird. And, 
and I, cause, cause he already like had a conversation with how I was helping him paint it. So he, I said, okay, fine. You're doing the whole thing. So, <laughs> well, but he had a grand too. time. Yeah. Well, and the thing too, and I think that you can probably relate with this as well is like, I feel like in my job, like there's a lot of things that I do in my job that I can't do with the same like level of confidence in my regular life. Like our jobs are a whole lot harder than just like logging on and paying my mortgage. So why do I feel like that's so hard? I don't know because it's literally my job as an assistant to like keep people on track. And (laughs) I struggle with that for myself. So I always am like, it's because I exhaust myself in my job. So that's why I can do it. I also also hate the notion of like second, uh, like second job. And I think women, Mm -hmm. we fall privy into it where we, um, like my, like one thing that like moving forward, Scott and uh, Scott's been working on is that he has a really stressful job. I mean, he plays war for a living. And, um, and, and then I was, you know, handling a lot of stuff and then I'm sitting in traffic for 30 minutes and then finally I'm home. And then, you know, we, we, I get home and he'd be like, what do you want to do for dinner? And I'm like, you've been home two hours. Like, why was that not a thought that you'd had or okay. And then like, we don't have any ingredients in the fridge because we didn't go to the grocery store over the weekend because double income, no kids. So we'd go out, you know, and it's interesting that COVID's going to change all those habits, but also, there's this pressure uh, as well. And that, that played into like, do, am I successful? Am I, am I a good wife? Did I do mm-hmm. the right thing? Um, yeah. and, and I have a huge pet peeve of like, if I come home and there's dishes in the sink, I like, I washed them. You need to put them away. Like I will lose my mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, but regardless, I, I mean, it's, it's just kind of interesting as we kind of talk about like that feeling. Cause I, while my husband's like, on a ship of mostly men, there are women in the military. Um, and people always ask me like, are you afraid of like him, you know, being unfaithful to you? Or do you worry about him in port calls? And I was like, I've in the entire time I've known my husband, he's not ever once called another female attractive. Yeah. So I think I'm fine. (laughs) Yeah. My my husband is the same way. Like we, we have an amazing, we go to church and it's this amazing church. And he's always been so funny because at some point he told me after we've been going to this church for years, um, that he's uncomfortable when women come up to hug him when I'm like standing there. And I'm like, why? Like, (laughs) I know her, I've known her for like years and like she's married to this very tall man that is like, I don't know what you're concerned about. And he's like, I don't know. It just makes me feel weird. And I was like, oh, well, thanks, I guess, for letting me know. I appreciate that. Um, you know, it, it's, so it is funny how that goes. That's funny. <laughs> oh. Well, let's switch gears here. I think like we covered a lot of ground on imposter syndrome and kind of like your unique perspective on it. Um, uh, let's go into things that you're fanatical about. I will give an example. Um, I can't use the one I just used. Uh, I'm crazy about pizza because I, I don't know. I just think it's, I, it's, it's a, it's a food that like to me has so many variants, like similar to tacos. Oh yeah. I, I'm definitely a pizza. Like I have, I have a pizza slice tattooed on my wrist. Um, I do recall I was, this. I was 25. <laughs> my husband has the rest of it. Um, he got that after we got married. So we have a couple's tattoo because we're gross um, and we make people vomit. Um, and yeah, so I'm fanatical about pizza and being a foodie. What about you? 
Well, I'm definitely uh, fanatical about dogs. I have two, um, and as you as a Facebook friend are aware of this, I have a pit bull named Jake and a Rottweiler named Elle. Um, They're both rescues. They were both strays in San Antonio. Um, And they are kind of my little, um, they're my babies. I'm definitely one of those really obnoxious fur moms. That's like, these dogs are my children, but I'm like, it's not just me though, because my mom has an, I heart my grand dogs magnet. So she's really just, I love your mom. Yeah. She's, my mom is amazing. (laughs) Yeah. She, she really is. She's, she's a good woman. Um, also like, I mean, I'm, so I'm like, for me, um, I have a rescue mutt and I love dogs too, um, as well. And I love that. And I I think it's really neat that you have the car hobby as that's traditionally more male, but like, I love that females are showing up and being like, no, I'm like into this. This is my thing. Oh yeah. No, it's definitely, you know, there is a very surprising amount of women, um, that are, you know, interested in cars that are out there, not just interested, but modifying and building, um, art pieces that are cars and, and racing and doing professional motorsports. Um, there's a girl that I know in Alabama, her name is Mary Beth Kennington, and she was racing junior dragsters at like age seven. Um, and now she's a mom and she has two kids and both of her kids, including her daughter are also racing, um, junior dragsters. Um, and you know, she was on, on TV at some point, she's going to tell me if she hears this because she hates it, but she was on TV at 16 on a racing show, um, as this like wild card that they threw in to throw people off. And, um, you know, it's just really kind of interesting meeting all of these women all over the world, all of the, all over the country, um, and really growing like a friendship with them and, and a, a relationship. I mean, one of the girls that I met was my maid of honor at my wedding, um, Tabitha and my other bridesmaid who unfortunately, um, was deployed at the time. Um, Jess was unable to be there, but she made it for my wedding dress fitting, but she is also someone that I met through modifying and customizing cars. Um, and it's just really interesting how, there are so many women and there are so many women in that field that really are doing it better than the men are or are just as knowledgeable. Um, but you know, it's very much that imposter syndrome kicks in there. Like I feel the need to know more about cars than the men that I know. Um, because if I don't, then they're just going to think I'm here for attention or I must not be valid. Um, so I feel that same need of like, Oh, my car has to be better you know, or it has to be prettier, faster, whatever it is. Yeah. Oh, I understand that. Like, especially like in anything that like is going to have, you know, the opposite sex, not to say more, more, you know, more prevalent, but like, I think like in any sport like that, you're going to yeah. kind of feel that way because you, you, you want to, you want to, you want to keep up with the big boys. But when really the reality is, is like, you're doing your own thing and that's badass. Yeah, And I think like as a society, we're moving more towards that kind of like, I actually had a thought today. So this is kind of, it's just pretty much related, but we're, we're us as our generation of our, our generation, we're millennials, but our generation of children, because we're old enough to be having them are mm-hmm. going to be more woke, more kind and more open-minded than say oh, yeah. those of the generation before us. 
Oh yeah, I I absolutely agree. You know, it's really interesting how it's like we're at a place where you know, I'm finding more and more just as time has gone on in the last like 10, 15 years that it's like it went from you know, when I was into cars, when I was young, it was just kind of like, oh, you're only into cars because your boyfriend's into cars. And that has really transitioned to now, like when I, I, I'm finding less and less that men assume that the car that I'm driving doesn't belong to me. Um, they, they recognize that it does and they recognize that I'm capable of doing everything to it that's been done um, or that I'm capable to be knowledgeable about what's been done to the car. But it's taken time, and I definitely feel like the younger generations are a part of that. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's really cool that, like, you're kind of changing the name in that game for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay, so we've talked about things you love, which um, I think you'd get a kick out of this. I have a treat bucket, like, just sitting next to me because he <laughs> this, this, is, this is my fifth recording I've done. And so far, he has barked during three of them out of nowhere for no reason. Uh, oh, but this yeah. one was actually valid. So uh, I actually had to pause the recording and um, we're amongst COVID and quarantine. But someone came to my house to solicit something. Which is insane. Which is like, insane. Yeah. Insane. I'm proud of him. He really was there to like. Oh, he was like too. not having it. He was like, absolutely no, he was not. not. And then my husband just checked the ring and then I posted in our neighborhood watch group. I was like, these two people yeah, uh, but you get a kick out of it because I um, I threw a treat and I'm terrible at throwing and uh, at least four or five of the treats that I've thrown over the last week doing these podcast interviews have gone underneath the fridge. Oh no! And so he's just like he just looks defeated and then he comes back. He's yeah. like, I have another one. I so mean, I mean, he's you, eleven. I'll keep feeding him treats oh. and I would rather him bark because people shouldn't be okay. there. They should stay the fuck home. Anyway, yeah, six. Six feet, people. Six feet. No, I appreciate that. It's been hard working from home. My husband is working from home as well, and he works for the state. Um, and it, I have one dog that barks at everything, and the other dog that will only bark if she truly feels like it's important enough for her to get off the couch. Um, so the one that barks, I keep him on leash all the time so that I can, if he starts barking, I put him in like his place in a place where he has to sit and wait. Um, and he just gets so irritated and I left the leash on him the other day and he just, he has like this beautiful winged, like fake leather armchair from Ikea that he lays in and he just laid in it and stared me down. Like, I know my sister doesn't have to be on a leash. Why do I have to be on a leash? And I'm like, cause you can't handle yourself when FedEx drives into the neighborhood. That's why you made your choice. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Um, Moving forward, what is one or a few unpopular opinions you have and why? Um, well, I know last week or the, in, the, in your first recording, you guys were talking about fruit and you brought up the disgusting uh, herb known as cilantro, aka um, soap plants. I hate cilantro and I think it should be abolished and never be allowed anywhere. Does it taste like soap to you? It does. It tastes like, have you ever washed something and like not gotten all the soap off or like mm -hmm. or like have you ever used nail polish remover and not washed your hands and then like accidentally like been eating something and like touched your mouth if this that ever happened yep that's what it tastes like to me <laughs> it tastes like acetone I don't know how else and I can taste it in like the smallest tiniest amounts I can be like this soup had cilantro in it and they took it out but I can taste it still <laughs> 
I love that. I love that. That's like that. You're like a, uh, a taste bud. Like right. You can catch it no matter what you're like, you don't trick me. Yeah. If only it was actually something that like, you know, could be beneficial, something I, some kind of skill I could use, you know, but, um, I mean my, my other unpopular opinion, which I know, um, I know will be unpopular with you is that I do not understand the Disney theme park hype. That is something I've heard a lot. And I, for, for me, um, like I get it because it's like, why do these people want to like go and stand in line and get these like special promotional items and why do they, why do they buy ears every time and stuff? And it, for me, like the reason why I love it so much is because mm-hmm. I went as a kid twice and then I never got to go again. And yeah. then now I live two hours away from it. I mean, my okay, gym's closed true. right now. Yeah. Um, but even so, um, every time I go, it's like, I'm a kid for, you know, a whole day. I, I, and the, the greatest feeling in the world is being a childless person and probably someone that's not going to have children going mm-hmm. to it because you see these kids have pure meltdowns around you and you're just like, ha 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 ha. Like, and you're just like birth control, birth control. See ya. Like, um, but I will say, I, I mean, I, I totally understand your point and like, I mean, it's valid and I honestly don't care. Like it's, 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 it's totally fine to like not understand it. Uh, yeah. Cause it's definitely say, not yeah. that I'm like, Oh, like, Oh, who these, grown women that go to Disney and it's so child. Like, I definitely don't feel like if you do that, like right. you must just be like, you know, you just are not an adult. Cause like one of my best friends, Sierra, I love her so much. She lives in California too. And she loves Disneyland and she will, um, you know, it's like a big trip for her, but and I think she's like, honestly, one of the like smartest, most intelligent women I know. And so I'm like, it's definitely not that I feel like negatively towards people that do it. I just personally am like, man, that just seems like a lot of time waiting in line and screaming children and like sticky hands and like just my aversion to that is strong. Right. Um, and so for me, like what the one thing I'll say like that, like if you, if you're not a Disney fan, but, and you don't get the hype, you, if you go to galaxy's edge, Mm, Star Wars thing. If you're a Star Wars fan, I, I'm a fan for my husband, but I mean, really for me, like it's not even being a fan of Star Wars. I feel like you feel like you're in the movie, which I mean, they're pretty good at making things feel very magical, but this one was crazy. And then I rode the new ride, which Mm -hmm. is a whole like cluster just to even get on that ride. um, You have to like get there before the park opens and then you have to like refresh your app and add your friend to your friend group and get a boarding pass. And that ride was even broken down like before we even got on it. No. And it was the most, I can't even describe, it was the most incredible thing I've ever ridden in my entire life to the point where I was like, like I couldn't stop smiling afterwards. And I, and in my 30 years, I've never ridden anything that truly like they outdid themselves. Like it is, it's mind blowing how good it is. Yeah. Well, maybe something I, I want to try. I'm trying to remember in eighth grade, did you go on the trip to Florida? No, you didn't. Oh, okay. I was going to say, I, then, then my mom would, my mom wouldn't let me because I don't remember. She was, who knows? You missed, you missed out. All I remember is a girl threw up at breakfast. That's like my <laughs> crowning memory of that trip is a girl threw up at breakfast and it was, 
just ruined the rest of it for me. Really? You're just like, after that, you're like, (laughs) that was it. She she had one too many Mickey mimosas. I mean, really, you just can't have that many eighth graders together. Like we're all like 13. So it just is a recipe for like constant drama. It was like a, like a middle school dance, but like for several days. You can't get off the ride. You're like, help. (laughs) You can't get off. (laughs) Do you, um, and like, I, I'm very always careful to like, not like let anyone feel left out, but you were, were you in, um, were you on my team in seventh grade? I don't remember. Which team were you on? The Humus? Yes, we were. Okay. We definitely were. We went, we went on this retreat in seventh grade. Um, middle school is just awful in general. And the way that it's set up in Colorado is like, so for most States, like you go to all the way through sixth grade, then you have seventh and eighth, and then you go to high school or whatever. I don't really actually know what other schools do, but for Colorado, they, they put, they put the worst years of your life in three little years in a side of a school. And, um, Oh God, it was just awkward. And like, we're always, you're always messy. Kids are mean. And just, you know, middle school is the worst. Um, half the reason I don't want children. I just don't want to put anyone through that. Right. Um, but we went on this like retreat to like YMCA of the Rockies, which is in Estes Park, which is, if you're familiar with The Shining, like that's the same town that, that the hotel from The Shining, the Stanley Hotel is. Um, and we, it was just like the weirdest trip. I mean, I don't even know how to describe it. It like forced us to go swimming. Oh, I do remember that. It was, yeah, see, like, I think maybe I blocked it out as, like, a traumatic memory, because I only have, like... It was pretty traumatic, and, like, sometimes it keeps me up at night. Do you ever have, like, a memory that pops up in your head, and you're like, oh, I did that. Yeah, yeah. No, it's definitely... I remember, because we were... Was that for... Oh, yeah, that was for middle school. I mean, we were in Girl Scouts together as well. um, Because I want to say we were in the same room, because it was you, me, Sam. Yep. Okay. Crystal rails yeah. back. We got in, we got in trouble because Crystal flashed someone. Oh, yep. I <laughs> and we all lied. We all right. lied and said it didn't happen because they said that they were yeah. going to send us home. Remember? And I called my mom yeah. crying. <laughs> I was, and I was just like, I was not here for that. It didn't, ha- I don't know what you're talking about. Like right. you would never, I think that's, I'm like, a, I always <laughs> prided myself that I felt like I was a very convincing liar. I don't know if I was because, <laughs> but I was just like, we would not have allowed that to happen. <laughs> like I really sad that you think that we're those kind of people. <laughs> I think it's so, f- I just like, I, that's something that like, we did, I feel like in Colorado, we really didn't go on that many field trips and like no. everywhere else people tell me these stories. Like, and I can count on my hand, the field trips I've been on. Are you ready for it? Fifth grade, I got to go to the trash dump. We, we went on a trash dump field trip <laughs> where we went to a landfill. Oh my gosh. That was it. Yeah. And then in middle school, we went we would go just go in the mountains for whatever reason and then and then I was in choir so we got to do um I think you were in band right yeah I was in band I was in choir so we got to go to like the Betcher concert hall um every year and go to an opera that you know whatever and then and then um and then we did the Estes Park thing in seventh grade and in seventh and eighth grade if you made honor roll was it honor roll or was it if you were in band you got to go to no, honor roll was water world. Yeah. Which is like, let's just put all your insecurities in a bikini. Yeah. And then everyone else can like look at your privates pretty much all day. Yeah. And uh, I got to do that and in we eighth grade. To, yeah. And, and there then, was six flags mixed in there at some yeah, point. Yeah. We had Elitches, which is like our version at the time it was six flags. 
Yeah. Um, and I took Scott to Six Flags. My husband um, used to work at Knott's Berry Farm. And I took my husband to Six Flags, the Six Village's place. And he was like, this is the what worst. Is yeah, it is the worst. Like anytime you've been to any other like Anything. theme park, you're just like. Even Knott's Berry Farm was better than that. Yeah, because it's like, I can't believe I, I paid for admission to this place. I actually am paying to be here and I don't understand why. Yeah. Um, and, uh, the last time I went, we, 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 obviously we could drink alcohol, which is how you have to get through Elitches. My husband and I saw that there was fat tire on tap and this like kid couldn't have been more than 16. And we're like, can we get two fat tires? And he's like, Ooh, two flap tires coming up. And we're just like, Oh, cringe hard. <laughs> so to this day, he, every anniversary, he like leaves me a, a, a six pack of flap tire. <laughs> So it's cute. It's cute. But awesome. yeah. So anyway, yes, um, I'm fine with your Disney thing. I agree with your cilantro thing. Cause I totally know it is what it is. Um, and I think like right now in this day and age, like what's making you happy in the world? Yeah. Well, I mean, currently, um, you know, it, it's definitely a tough time to be like in really good mental health, um, mm -hmm. with everything that's happening with COVID-19. Um, that makes it really tough to kind of stay positive. Um, for me, I know you were talking about, you know, therapy earlier. For me, I'm very open with um, that I'm in therapy. I've been in therapy for a long time. Um, and therapy is definitely something that is keeping me happy. Um, I really am like heavily encourage everyone to consider doing therapy just at some point in their life. Um, and that's, that's huge for me. And especially because there's so many now that are available, you know, via telehealth. So there's a little plug for that. If you've thought about therapy, like now's, now's your best possible time to get in on it because you have nothing better to do. Come on, people take care of your mental health. All right. It's important. Um, but therapy is definitely a big one for me. My husband absolutely, um, puts up with me and all of my anxiety, um, about everything. Um, you know, sometimes he likes to just like hit the fence outside to see me like sprint outside. Cause I assume that the worst has happened and my dogs have escaped and I'm never going to see them again. Oh, um, yeah. so, <laughs> but other than things like that, you know, he really keeps me grounded. Um, and just keeping it simple, my having my dogs around, um, you know, staying in contact with friends. But yeah, I think that's, those are the things that are keeping me happy, staying healthy, eating, you know, to take care of myself, all of those things. I think that's great. And I'm, you know, I'm glad, you know, I love that plug and I'm glad that, you know, you've got things that are making you happy. And um, we've come to the end, um, towards the end. So I'm going to open the floors, anything that you would like to promote. Um, yeah, something that, uh, is just, if someone is looking for some like positive, you know, motivational stuff, me and my husband have been on this journey to, um, get healthier, you know, physically, spiritually, mentally, um, over the last, uh, I would say like four to six months. Um, but we recently started a joint, um, couples Instagram. And that sounds like so cheesy when I say it out loud. Um, and I hate everything about it, but it is fun. If you want to see people just like, you know, working their hardest to do good things for themselves. Um, you can follow us on Instagram at 
anything is possible, which is H-E-N-Y, um, anything is possible. And um, you can come and see me sweat to death and see my, uh, our, our personal trainer, who's also a close friend, make us do terrible things. Um, and sometimes our dogs are on there. So it's definitely an opportunity to see cute dogs as well. Oh, that's awesome. Good for you guys. I think like, yeah. I just think like, especially with all this like COVID quarantine, all of that in 2020, people saying it's going to be my year. Like it's really, it makes me happy to see like my friends, you know, taking charge of their health. Cause like for me personally, like I was, um, like, I, I put my health on the back seat for a really long time. So I oh, totally yeah. well, feel seeing, you there. Yeah. Seeing you, I, you know, I've really seen how you've um, you know, found your health journey and found, you know, the way that you really love to get exercise. And, um, you know, I think it's really cool. And seeing that I think has also kind of been an inspiration to me is like, I, I started to really want that like relationship with, with exercise that I'd really, you know, been afraid of. Um, but seeing other people like you, you know, finding the thing that makes you happy uh, in, in, you know, exercise and taking care of yourself and it not being because I'm not good enough, but be, being about like, you know, I want to do something that makes me happy and makes me feel good. Um, I think that's really, you know, an inspiration. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate that. And I'm excited to follow your guys' journey. Um, I will put all of those links and anything related to this conversation in the description of the podcast. And as always, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us. Um, do you have any other parting words or? No, just stay safe, stay six feet away, social distance and stay home if you can. I 100% agree. Well, thank you so much, Lindsay. It was a great t time talking to you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. Of course. Thank you for listening to Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome. If you like what you hear, please subscribe wherever you get your pods and give us a little rating. And if you're interested in becoming a guest, please reach out to me by using one of the links to the podcast social media in the description. Thanks, everyone, and have a great day.